friends of it. Um, you know, I'd be showing stuff to people, but they, you know, I'd be showing stuff to friends who 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 were who would either just say that everything was good, or there'd be people who didn't really like synth pops. So they were like, "Oh no, it's real cheesy," and I'd be mm. like, "Oh no, it's too cheesy. Now I have to make it less cheesy." Whereas now I'm. You know, yeah. I'm kind of more comfortable in my creative skin. I'm just like, yeah, it's meant to be fucking cheesy. That's the whole point. You know? yeah, it's yeah. Like cheesy, it's over the top, it's ridiculous. That's what's fun about it. Hello and welcome to Wellington Rocks. We are back and today we have a band called Radar Angel. Hello. Kia ora. Hey, so can you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Danny. I'm a singer and a primary song creator for Radar Angel. Just me here today. Cool. Yeah. So um, can you explain uh, Radar Angel's style a bit? Well, I think the best elevator pitch I've heard from Radar Angel was actually from uh, one of my keyboardist's old flatmates. They called it Retro Synth Goth Pop, and I've just kind of rolled with that ever since because that kind of ties together whole bunch of the different things that influence it stylistically yeah so like i've seen you live um a couple of times and um yeah i mean for me it actually um reminded me of early nine inch nails yeah that's a common one that i hear and i i definitely absolutely adore putting hate machine like that's one of my favorite albums of all time just that like that kind of rough industrial sonic palette, but balanced with this kind of pop sensibility, so you can mm. kind of like boogie along to stuff, but it's still a little bit edgy. Love that shit. Yeah. So you're an interesting band because um, we've we've had uh, Straylight on here, cool, as well as um, Hybrid Rose. Oh yeah. So there seems to be a bit of a um, synth wave, synth pop revival going yeah. on in Wellington at the moment. Yeah, I love it, eh? And it's, it's, it's interesting, because I only moved up here a couple of years ago, and um, I was in Christchurch, and really there wasn't... I mean, there were electronic acts, but there wasn't really much of that sort of thing. And moving up here and just, you know, coming across bands like Berserker and Straylight, and, um, you know, all that thing, it's just been awesome. Um, and, yeah, we've, we've played with both of them on a few occasions. It's always been really fun. Yeah. So why do, why do you think it's come back? Because... Like, I can think of a few instances, like, there's been, um, well, Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things has played a big role in it, I think. Because, I mean, the synthwave yeah. scene had been, definitely been, like, growing for a few years before that, but I think that was when it really the mainstream. And also, like, movies like Kind of Fury and stuff like that, which is what you're Yeah, so would you say that uh, you guys are 80s influenced? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Massively 80s influenced. I mean, we try not to. I mean, as I guess as a songwriter, I try not to like pick something and emulate it, you know. But I'm definitely like I, I, I mean, that's the shit I listen to. Like, I love listening to new wave and, um, and some of that early kind of industrial stuff. So that's what I'm calling yeah, and certainly for like the latest EP, um, when I was putting that together, I was listening to lots of Duran Duran and Gary Newman and Boxy um, Music and all that kind of thing, so that's definitely affected the sensibility of it a lot. Yeah, well, Gary, Gary Newman was awesome. Yeah. I just love that song, Cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great, great. And he's still, he's still really great as well. I don't know if you've heard any of his new stuff. Uh, I've heard it in passing, but yeah, yeah it was it's mainly... A bit, a bit heavier, but it's still yeah. pretty cool. But Pleasure Principle was was just 
weird and awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is your second EP. Yeah. And it's the second one done in a year. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it took me about eight years to get my first EP out, so I'm kind of making up for lost time a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, no, we've, um, we've been working on that since around um, April, so we released Love and War in, I think it was February... I should know this, but... Uh, it was January. January, thank you. Yeah, we released Love and War back in January, and uh, yeah, just dropped our second EP, Bloodlust, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. So, uh, how would you say, is it just like uh, the first EP part two, or have you changed anything? I think in terms of the like, just the selection of music that ended up on each one, the first EP was probably a little bit more on the dark I don't I hesitate to say gothy because I don't want to pigeon myself pigeonhole myself in there, but like a little bit more on that side, whereas this one's a little bit more kind of like light dancey, um, mm. fun stuff. Um, there's a bit of a theme going through there of both like kind of noir but also horror because I love noir movies and I love horror movies um, and a lot of kind of like. I don't know, love and death kind of stuff, but I couldn't call it that because the last one was called Love and War, so we <laughs> with Bloodlust. Hmm. Yeah. So you are the principal songwriter. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the other band members? Yeah. So, and their roles in the band? Totally. So um, I've been working with Brian for the longest time, um, from pretty much oh, a month or so after I moved to Wellington, so back in uh, 2017, uh, we started working on stuff together. Um, and then uh, Shane and Cordelia. So he, sorry, he plays um, he plays keyboards, but he also deals with a lot of the technological side of things in terms of translating it into a live performance. Um, and we've got Shane Cordwell playing the drums, and uh, Cordelia Woods on keyboards as well. And uh, we may have another member joining us for our next gig, but I don't want to give too much away yet. So we'll leave that as a surprise. Yeah. So no guitars. No, not at the moment. No, we did. We did actually have um, Matt Sylvian playing with us for a little while, but uh, he was he was jamming about three mm. bands at the time. Yeah. So, do the others help you with songwriting, or is it mainly you? It's pretty much me. Um, yeah, it's because it. I mean, it very much started out as a bedroom project. And mm. It's always kind of stayed that way as far as the actual song crafting goes. But obviously. You know, it's one thing to make a song on a laptop, it's another thing to translate it into a live environment. So often there'll be, you know, people, everyone's kind of putting a little bit of their own creative juice into it, whether it just be like, you know, layering up a part a bit more or adding some little flourishes. So, yeah, I think things do change when they go live, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know that. I took a um, bedroom project live before. Mm. I bought Ableton Live especially for that purpose. Yeah, it's challenging, eh? It's... So, what can you tell me about the um, Christchurch scene? Because we've actually had a few musicians move up from Christchurch. Did you move up because of music or because of other reasons? Um, you know what, I'd wanted to live in Wellington for the longest time. Like, I think, you know, right from the first time I visited Wellington, I was but for some reason I stuffed around and so I finally thought I'm kind of moving up here. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it was partly because obviously things in Christchurch had slowed down a lot following the plagues. Mm. Um, and yet, it was partially for creative reasons, because it was a bit more of an audience up here, that kind of sent through the music. Um, partly for work reasons as well, you know, it's been Chinese here. And um, yeah, I don't know, I, I, I think I was, I was kind of just in a space in my life where I was like, not really feeling super tied down to anything in Christchurch at that point. And um, yeah, so I did the thing. Um, in terms of the music scene down there, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the Christchurch music scene. Um, like I say, things slowed down a lot after the quakes, but mm. um, it was always quite, it's quite, it's quite sort of garagey, quite sort of punky down there. Yeah. Um, very guitar driven, which I love, but it's not the kind of thing that I do, so it was sort of hard for us to find a, a solid niche down there, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, Wellington's got plenty of that kind of stuff yeah, as well, I suppose, but we do, we do other stuff. Yeah, Wellington's just a bit more like this. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to um, when it comes to like writing writing songs, do you have any certain like themes or um, some people have like film? Like I was talking with Planet of the Dead the other day. Oh yeah. And they take inspiration from like um, Dune and cool. and um, Blade Runner and. Yeah, like old old sci-fi movies. How about you? Do you have any particular like themes or, or like motifs you explore? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's there's like, I mean, I'm 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 a massive genre fan, so I absolutely adore horror films. I love my sci-fi. Um, so a lot of that stuff comes into it. I mean, the songs like Rapture from the first EP, which is literally. Um, Inspired by an old, um, by well, it's inspired by this old film which is based on H.G. Wells' story, I think, called mm. Things to Come, and it's about you know firing this people trying to fire this rocket into space and long story, but it's great. You should check it out. Mm. Um, and on the latest DP, of course, um, No More Room in Hell is pretty obvious influence from George Romero there, and um, yeah, and I also I find. Not entirely sure why, but I tend to use a lot of religious symbolism. Um, I think partly just because I like the bombast that it kind of adds <laughs> to things, but I also feel like you can communicate stuff with that language that um, the other stuff doesn't doesn't quite cut it for, you know? Well, religion's a funny thing because um, even, even if you're not a believer... It's so embedded in our culture. Totally, and it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's like a symbolic touchstone that everyone yeah. kind of has, and it's also like, I mean, I mean, most of my songs are about things, but I do I do also like to use a certain amount of poetic gibberish, and the nice thing about that is when you're throwing in kind of theological themes, people can project so many different things yeah. onto it. So. Yeah, it's um, I think it was who was it, Raza Aslan. Oh yeah, yeah, I love the, that. the the theologian. Um, he he once said that religion is a language. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and people who so how did you first get into music? Wow! Oh man! Um, like, I mean, I grew up with musician parents, so I was you know right from when I was a toddler, I was, I was being taken to Gisborne folk. I grew up in Gisborne, I was being taken to Gisborne folk uh, music club meetings on a 
fortnightly basis, so it was all, always part of my life. Um, I guess I got into sort of the, the kind of, well, I forged the kind of musical taste I have now um, when I moved away from home and went to university and ended up flatting with a bunch of goths and they got me into like 80s goth stuff and from there I got into like synth pop. Um, I went in 2008, I believe it was, I went and did a diploma in audio engineering at Mains down in Christchurch um, and so that was when I really started like dabbling and making my own stuff um, and I don't think I sat down in front of the the, you know, workstations there with any particular style in mind. I was just kind of noodling around, but it just turned into, it just, it, that's just what came out of me really, was this sort of synth poppy kind of stuff. And people were like, this is real cool. And I was like, sweet. And so we recruited some people to start doing it live. And yeah, it sort of went through a few iterations. But um, yeah, and, and here we are now doing it. And doing it in Wellington, really loving it. And people seem to really like it, so it's great. And um, yeah. Really looking forward to getting back on stage again and doing some more shows. Hmm. Should be fun. So, did you play instruments before you went to um, audio engineering school? I played guitar and I sang. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, which is funny because I've never seen you with a guitar. Right. Well, I, I do play guitar in Permanence, which is my other band, uh, Joy Division Covers mm. project. Um, but yeah, no, um, Radio Angel, I really like to just focus on the scene and fun. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's, um, that's, that's like a real thing, like, when you're, when you're writing music on your own in a, in a, in a computer, it really does, um, there's certain things you can't get away from. Mm. Um, so like, I remember doing my electronic music and I wanted to make something like the future sound of London. Oh yeah. Like ambient and spacey. But every time I tried, it just ended up sounding like Nine Inch Nails. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been known to have that problem myself. Um, yeah, everything ends up sounding either like Nine Inch Nails or the Pish Mode. Mm. Um, yeah, because uh, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes it feels like it's coming from somewhere else. Like it's, it's quite, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it is. I, I think the the thing, the thing I find most challenging as a as a sort of bedroom songwriter and, and producer of my own stuff. Um, although I, I will add that like Brian has been massively helpful in terms of producing the EPs. Um, I just do the kind of the initial arrangement and mixing. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest challenge is like you get something in your head and it sounds so good in your head, but then actually figuring out how to make that a reality in your laptop is, is, is difficult because you think, oh man, it needs to have this really lush reverb and you put the lush reverb on the thing and it sounds like crap. Oh, is it my brain that's wrong? Is it just the wrong reverb I'm using? Trying to get things just right. Yeah, but there's also instances, don't you think, when um, something doesn't turn out the way that you want, but the result is actually kind of cool. Yeah, oh totally. And um, I think sometimes that's 
Sometimes you kind of just need to let go of that need for it to sound exactly like it does in the head. Just yeah. like, actually, no, you know, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, but it's something Yeah, it worked, out, it worked out in... Because sometimes um, songs have their own life. Yeah. And they kind of, like, the way that you want them to be is not the way that they want to be. Mm. And they kind of work themselves out in a different way. Definitely. I think it's very rare that the finished result I actually end up on it. <laughs> Yeah, no, there is a big difference between, um, because you are in a band, but there's a big difference between writing everything yourself. Yeah. And even like being in a band where you write a song, like you do write the song, Mm. but you bring it to a band practice. Yeah. And then everyone chips in. Totally. Their ideas. Yeah. So completely different vibe. Yeah. So you would work more in the bedroom studio. Do you, do you find that? I guess there's benefits and challenges to that. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely <coughs> are. Because I mean, for me, obviously, like it's important to me that everyone else in the band is having a good time. So I want mm. I want to make sure that you know they have the opportunity to have creative input, which they very much do when it comes to translating things into the live environment. Um, but but yeah, it's like you, you sort of yeah when you when you're making it yourself, you kind of have to have all, all the pieces together to start with, um, and that's obviously you know it's it's time consuming. You know when you want to, you've got to get the your, your percussion sorted, you got to get your bass, and your, your if you have guitar, guitar and demo vocals and all that sort of thing. There's a lot of pieces to put together. Yeah, yeah, and also like if you're doing everything yourself. Um I think the word is, yeah, I would say um, imposter syndrome can really set in. Totally. Like, like at least when you're working with other people, they can go, oh, that's good, or that sucks. Yeah. But when you're working by yourself, you're never really sure. No. It's sort of like, I like it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that, you know, I think that's probably part of why it took me so bloody long to release anything, because for the first few years of it, um, you know, I'd be showing stuff to people, but they've... You know, I'd be showing stuff to friends who 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 were who would either just say that everything was good, or there'd be people who didn't really like synth pops. So they were like, "Oh no, it's real cheesy," and I'd be mm. like, "Oh no, it's too cheesy. Now I have to make it less cheesy." Whereas now I'm, you know, yep. I'm kind of more comfortable in my creative skin. I'm just like, "Yeah, it's meant to be fucking cheesy. That's the whole point." You know, yeah, it's yeah. cheesy. It's over the top. It's ridiculous. That's what's fun about it. Well, I always think like, and especially with synthwave, there's an element of it which is sort of a joke. Yeah, totally. Like I've always. Um, it's always reminded me a little bit of that video game, um, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not the 80s, it's like a parody exactly. of the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a larger-than-life version. It's an 80s that never really existed, like a fantastical version. Like Miami Vice, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the cocaine and... Yep. Yep. <laughs> cocaine and hair metal and everyone's rich, no yeah. one's poor. Yep. And anyone who was alive during the eighties will tell you that was not the case. Yeah, and everyone's driving a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, I think yeah, Alistair from Straight Light said something very similar. Like um, um, synthwave is is not about is not bringing the eighties back. It's it's basically people who were kids in the eighties mm. um, 
sort of remembering it's a parody remembering the 80s in in a way that it it wasn't really yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's quite it's quite interesting because like the synthwave as a genre isn't actually like there is no 80s synthwave right like no. there's no synthwave from the 80s it's more influenced by like movie soundtracks like John Carpenter films yep. and stuff like that than anything else but most of the production techniques are very modern i mean all side chaining that they use and all that sort yep. of thing it's very much of the now yeah and it's all done in like um DAWs yeah like um Ableton and Pro Tools and stuff totally yeah yeah okay so we're at the end of the interview cool uh I'd like you to choose one track off uh your new EP that I can play at the end oh gosh um how about No More Room in Hell No More Room in Hell yeah okay sounds great so this is Radar Angel with No More Room in Hell. I've been Amy Eastwood and this has been Wellington Rocks, brought to you by New Zealand On Air and Access Radio. See you next time. Bye-bye. The killers are eating the flesh of the people they murder. Repeating this latest bulletin just received moments ago from Cumberland, Maryland. Civil defense authorities have told newsmen that murder victims show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers.
there's no 